Window World is proud to present Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Simply the best for less at windowskansascity.com. It's a good thing the Chargers get paid to play football because I don't think they would continue to do this free. You've heard it a million times before. People who play professional sports, or even college athletics for that matter, would say, I love this game and I love playing so much, I'd do it for free. Heck, I've said it many times, being a sportscaster. A lot of folks say that sort of thing. Not the Los Angeles Chargers. This can't be fun. you got to get paid to take the abuse that the Chiefs deal them time after time after time. Again, the Chargers looking like a terrific football team. Maybe even looking like the better team at times on this night. Drive down with just under two minutes to play, and Justin Herbert puts another touchdown on the board, and they lead 27-23, and they think maybe, finally, maybe, we've got the Chiefs. Not so fast. Patrick Mahomes in a minute 15 marches six plays, 75 yards, yet another touchdown to Travis Kelsey, who had three on the night, and there it is. The Chiefs win it 30-27. to You can't make this stuff up, and it just happens week after week after week. Patrick Mahomes, 20 of 34, 329 yards, three touchdowns. Kelsey, big night, six catches, 115, all three touchdown receptions. Sky Moore got in on the act, five catches, 63 yards. Isaiah Pacheco taking over at running back, 15 carries, 107 yards. The Chiefs moved to 8-2. and two. That is tops in the AFC. But, man, everybody's nipping at their heels. The Dolphins, the Bills, the Ravens, the Titans. They're all 7-3, and three, just one game back of Kansas City. This is going to be wild. And it was a wild night when Patrick Mahomes hosted the Fonz for football. You haven't heard this story? It's a great one. Henry Winkler, the actor, last year went on NFL Network with Rich Eisen and said, I'm not the, you know, the most knowledgeable insider in the NFL, but my boys love watching it, and they love watching this guy Patrick Mahomes play. Why does Henry Winkler, the actor, like watching Patrick Mahomes play? He says, well, I've worked with great actors who can improvise. You see something in their eyes when they really get locked in a zone and they're acting on a film or a TV show. I see that in Patrick Mahomes. He said, I sure would like to have dinner with him sometime. Mahomes says, can't have dinner with you, dude, but I can hook you up for this game in L.A. Obviously, that's where Henry Winkler lives. And he was Mahomes' guest on this night. In homage to Fonzie from Happy Days, Travis Kelsey wore a T-shirt before the game when they all met Henry Winkler that said, football, family, Fonzie. Yes, the Chiefs were cool. Hey, another win for Kansas City. Poor Justin Herbert. I mean, this guy just balled all night long. 23 of 30, 280 yards, two touchdowns. Austin Eckler was good, 19 carries for 83 yards. Mike Williams went out of this game early. That left Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer to take over a wide receiver, and we knew wide receivers would be key in this game. Chiefs did not do a great job stopping these wide receivers. Allen had 94 yards. Josh Palmer had two touchdowns and 106, even with Mike Williams out. Were the Chargers left saying, what if? No, because they felt like they went down and won the game. Teams do this to the Chiefs all the time. Whether it's 13 seconds left or just under two minutes with a couple of timeouts, Patrick Mahomes gets in a zone at the end of these games and is just ridiculous. The Chiefs, proving once again, they are the NFL. This is the brand. This is the team every television network wants on in prime time that delivers massive entertainment value every single time they play. 
We'll get Stan Weber's thoughts on that. From the Cayman Islands, Stan joins us on a holiday week. Great stuff. We'll also talk a little college football where Kansas State took care of business on the road at West Virginia. Will Howard playing in front of about 30 family and friends as he's from Pennsylvania, not that far away from Morgantown, West Virginia. They were all able to come to the game, and Howard put on a show. The Wildcats finally have the right quarterback playing. 294 yards passing, two touchdowns for Will Howard. A wild first quarter as Kansas State raced to a big early lead and then just kind of took the air out of the ball in the second half. They just ran clock, ran it and ran it and ran it, wanted to get on that bus, get on that airplane, and get back to Manhattan with one game left to win and go to the Big 12 championship game. Kansas State will host KU Saturday night. A win over the Jayhawks, K-State is in. They'll play TCU for the Big 12 title in Dallas in two weeks. We'll get Stan's thoughts. He was there. KU gets pounded. Their defense is in a bad way. Boy, they are giving up yards and points at a record clip right now. The latest, the Texas Longhorns, who amassed 539 total yards and walloped the Jayhawks 55-14. Man, Texas played two games in the state of Kansas this year, and both times the coach played the wrong quarterback. It was obvious from the start, Jalen Daniels is not 100% healthy. He never was. There was no running game to his running game. This is an athletic quarterback that can really scoot, and you got to contain. And they didn't have to contain him. He contained himself. There was no running game with Jalen Daniels, which made him a one-dimensional quarterback and the wrong guy playing in this particular game. It truly was the worst Lance Leipold coached game I've seen at Kansas. I've got nothing but high praise for the way he's handled this team, built this program, and the changes he's made. This was a train wreck for Leipold on so many fronts, not just the quarterback situation. It was a really bad look. Makes you wonder, who's going to be playing this week? Is it going to be Bean or is it Daniels? We'll find out maybe during the week from Leipold, but maybe he doesn't play his hand. Either way, it looks like a game where the Wildcats are just going to light up the scoreboard on Kansas. That defense, whew, not good. KU's bowl eligible either way, but, man, they're not liking the way they're licking their wounds at the end of the year. Missouri Tigers, well, they got a much-needed non-conference win. Mexico State was the opponent. Brady Cook, three touchdowns in this game. Luther Burden and Cody Schrader each scored twice. Eli Drinkwitz would say after the game, the last two games were the best games of the year for Brady Cook and it couldn't come at a better time. The Tigers play Arkansas on national TV on Black Friday. That'll be fun. Six and six record and bowl eligibility on the line for Ole Mizzou. There are some rumblings that even if they don't get there, they might be able to get a bowl game if there are not enough six-win teams. We'll see as it plays out. The Tigers sure looked good out of conference in a game on Saturday that they just took charge of, and the offense really moved the ball. Put 45 on the board. The Tigers will take that one. Stan's here to break it all down from the Cayman Islands again on a holiday week. It is brought to you by Cornerstone Property Management. Let your rental work for you. Cornerstone Property Management can manage your rental properties for you. Whether you have one or a dozen properties, they are absolutely the best in the Midwest. If you have rent collection issues, man, they screen tenants in the best possible way. Homewithcornerstone.com is the website. Cornerstone Property Management also buys houses. If you're trying to get a house, if you've inherited one or your parents have recently moved out of their home and into some assisted facility or something like that and you need to move a house fast, Cornerstone Property Management will buy your house. Home with Cornerstone, 
Kickstarter.com. Proud sponsor of KKHI Weekend. Spencer was very busy this weekend. There was no weekend episode. Bad Spence. <laughs> we appreciate our friends at Cornerstone Property Management. Again, online, homewithcornerstone.com. Earth Effects Outdoor Living, your hardscape headquarters. Daniel and his team at Earth Effects have over 25 years' experience in outdoor living. Fire pits, water features, patios, bars, outdoor kitchens. You name it, they do it at Earth Effects Outdoor Living. They're also a full landscape company. If you'd like to hire a new landscaper to do all the work around your house, Daniel's a great guy. He loves the podcast, and he's a terrific American patriot. Online at eeoutdoor.com. That's eeoutdoor.com. Or call Daniel at 816-215-9332 for Earth Effects Outdoor Living. Online at eeoutdoor.com. And Advantage Termite and Pest Control. Online at advantagetpc.com. Aaron and the gang over at Advantage will make it to where you never see any critters around your house. Sign up for their regular service and you're going to be treated to terrific customer service and outstanding care for your home. We've been with Advantage for over 20 years. It's the only pest control company we've ever had. Right now, this time of year, you might see some spiders or crickets, some stink bugs around. If you're seeing things like that spot up, call Advantage, 913-768-8989, advantagetpc.com. That's Advantage Termite and Pest Control. Oh, my. Stan is joining us from... Beautiful paradise in the Cayman Islands. He's there calling a basketball tournament. But we're going to talk football on the football feast at KKHI. Hit it! The KK Has Issues Conversation is presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. Shop, click, drive at robertsrobinson.com. Well, we had to call Stan in off the beach on this Monday to talk a little football. He's at famous Seven Mile Beach in the Cayman Isles basketball tournament, but nothing keeps Stan Weber away from the football feast here at KKHI. Hello, Mr. Weber. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Kevin. It's hard to not say that on Thanksgiving week, a week I love. Uh, it's an awesome get-together. I think people doing what they want to do, getting together with the people they want to, and watching a lot of basketball and especially football. And after freezing my buns off in West Virginia, yes, it was cold there, cold and windy. The TV made it look a lot better than it was, Kevin, because the sun was out. But when we landed on Friday, a giant snowstorm just dumped on us, and everyone walked in the hotel. You only have to take like five steps to get in the hotel, and it looked like people had put a white cap on us or something. Everybody had snow caps. That's how hard it was coming down. So. It was freezing, so I have a great appreciation for I know you love warm weather, but I think I got a Kevin Keatsman level of appreciation after West Virginia to be down here in the Cayman Islands for some basketball. Well, that, I think that's where you are is the prettiest beach I've ever been to. That seven-mile beach in Grand Cayman is just spectacular. I'm sure maybe somebody will tell me there's better beaches somewhere, but I haven't been to a better beach than there. But the Cayman Islands, this is going to be good because, um, you know, you're – big CEO and an accountant and money, and you're just really good at all the stuff that you do. Isn't the Cayman Islands where everybody shelters their money? Isn't banking like the industry in the Cayman Islands? Yeah, well, you're you're a little advanced over me. I've been sticking to football and basketball <laughs> uh, and just wondering, like, will they take my money? Will they take my money? And it said, uh, yes, for every uh, dollar that you spend, you get 80 cents worth of value here. So I it doesn't matter unless you look at what their prices are, you know? So okay. if something that costs $10 uh, 
at home cost $8 here, then who cares, you know? But I have a feeling what costs $10 at home costs $25 here, which means it really costs like 30 bucks. But I'm not going to worry about that right now. I mean, um, I'm going to be here for a good time, and uh, uh, they pay for most of my I, stuff anyway, Kevin. I know. So I, I thought I thought the Cayman <laughs> Islands were known for banking, though, like the, like tax. Well, I don't know. I've not I've not studied that. I'm just oh, okay. I was just talking to some locals and learning about things here. Um, so I'm kind of learning on the run. I've been so focused on the number of games that I've got to broadcast starting last Thursday night. I did a basketball game, Saturday football. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, this week, basketball, Saturday, football. So I'm and, and in addition to uh, loving and watching all the NFL and college football. So uh, I've just been so focused on getting that done. And, and like you said, I'm also tracking what's going on at Tower Properties. That's a little bit of an important uh, <laughs> thing as well. Yeah, yeah. You got a company to run while you're doing all this. I can do it with uh, sand in my toes, though. I can <laughs> do all those things. I love that. I love that. All right, let's start with the... Latest miracle from Patrick Mahomes. And I opened the podcast today, Stan, by saying, you know, we've heard people in sports say we love playing sports so much we do it for free. I don't think the Chargers would play football anymore for free. They have to get paid to get beaten up by the Chiefs like this. This is just ridiculous what happened again on Sunday night. Well, Kevin, you summarize this so well. Because as I watch the game, there are different things that you could point out and, and get into a discussion about, but it just comes down to something pretty simple. Patrick Mahomes is just unbelievable, and he just makes all the difference in the world as receivers are getting hurt around him. Uh, and Travis Kelsey deserves to be in the same sentence. I've been a guy who's been the three-pronger for a long time since Patrick Mahomes has become the starting quarterback for the Chiefs and, and taking it to another level that Alex Smith set. I mean, the Chiefs are already winning divisions, and after last night, we know they're going to win their seventh straight division. But Patrick Mahomes has taken it to another level, best in league type of football. And I always said, as you've heard me say so many times, Kevin, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, along with Patrick Mahomes. Well, now there's only two left and the excellence continues. But man, Travis Kelsey, unbelievable going against probably his hardest guard. James is probably the best matchup trying to stop Travis Kelsey. He's had some success doing that. But uh, again, those two guys, when the pressure's on, step their game up to an unbelievable level, and especially Patrick Mahomes, Kevin. Uh, I just think about down, no momentum, third and long, and backed up in their own territory, having punted a couple of times. You think, hey, maybe the Chargers have a little momentum, and then completes a pass on third and long, gets the drive continued on, and then doesn't look back, but has to prove it over and over again, has to win the game in the last minute. Uh, when the Chargers came back. So Patrick Mahomes running, throwing, uh, figuring out ways to win the game is just off the charts. So that's just Chiefs' unbelievable play, starting with those two superstars. We never want to discount what Andy Reid has because the Chargers know how to lose and the Chiefs know how to win. But even then, the Chargers had their back to the wall. You know how this works, Kevin. In the NFL, back to the wall, season on the line, division foe, those are good matchups to play your best football when you're a team like the Los Angeles Chargers. And they gave it a good shot and did everything they possibly could and still couldn't right. overcome the Chiefs. And I thought the Chiefs were going to win. I mean, the second the Chargers took the lead, I'm like, that's too much time. And the Chiefs have two timeouts. I'm watching ESPN on Monday morning, and Dan Orlovsky's on there. And I like watching him, and I, I think he's really good at what he does. And he says, look, everybody that was watching that game last night when the Chargers scored said, oh, that was nice, but the Chiefs are still going to win. 
He said, I, I, I'm done comparing Mahomes to anybody. You know, we, he said, I want to compare him to Michael Jordan, but I didn't always think Jordan was going to go down and hit a three-pointer to win the game with 12 seconds left. He said, you're watching Mahomes, minute 50 to go, two timeouts. You're like, no, the Chiefs have this. He's like, he's in a category all to himself. For other teams and other quarterbacks, it's a miracle when they go down and win a game like that. And I think most people watching Sunday night, the, the first thing they thought of when the Chargers scored and went up 27-23 is, well, they just left Mahomes too much time. I mean, I know that's what I was thinking. Yeah, and it, I still just respect so much how hard it is. You know, I keep re, uh, calibrating my mind and going, I thought he was going to score too, Kevin. Don't get me wrong. I'm right there with you uh, near 100%. But then I have to just say, okay, now let's wait a second. He's got a lot of receivers down. Um, the Chargers have done so many good things in this game. You know, can he again make it look this easy? Because it's a four-point differential, right? It's not, hey, let's go down and get a field goal to tie it at worst. Let's go to get a touchdown to win it. No, when you're down by four, you got to take it all the way to the end zone. And it really is three phases. you got to get out of your territory and get some things going. And then near midfield, it's usually pretty easy. But then you got to go back and prove it again when you get down in the red zone, Kevin. How many teams get down there, have nice drives, and then get stopped on fourth down at the eight-yard line or the 13 going in, and they don't win because they have to score a touchdown. But this time, Travis Kelsey takes care of that. How many times does he catch the ball, and it looks like he's playing a bunch of high schoolers when he starts running? He just runs by them and shoves them out of the way. And No, it was amazing. You, I, you're never worried about the time, right? We know that. In the NFL, very few – teams are going to have any problem getting down the field with that much time left. That wasn't the issue. It's just doing it, getting a touchdown and finding a way. And Patrick Mahomes, the, the biggest surprise I had is one time he scrambled early in the game. He was kind of stiff firing, trying to get away from those linemen. He actually got tackled and it looked like at first it looked like it was, Oh man, I hope he didn't hurt his ankle or something. I was telling my wife who I don't sit and watch games with normally, but Hey, in the grand Cayman islands, we were watching the game together. And I said, he never gets caught. I mean, when he scrambles, he always gets away. I was more surprised that he got caught there. Well, when the game was on the line, Kevin, he didn't get caught. Yeah. Runs right up the middle, slides down. And the confidence that he must in, engage with his teammates and, and make them feel must be outrageous. We yeah. talked about Joe Montana back in the day, like when he walked in the huddle and said, we're going to go. But Patrick Mahomes, you know, you're Sky Moore and you have, what, seven catches all year? And you're like, I got this, dude. You know, throw it to me on third and long. I'll, I'll catch it. Uh, it's amazing. I think everybody knows, but really probably the ones that are most uh, surprising and, and funny is the, the, I think the Chargers defense knows like, uh Oh, he's going to go score. Yeah. I've always felt the most powerful thing in sports is when you want to win or succeed for someone else more than for yourself. I mean, most guys are competitive. They want to play well, they want to win and they want to do it for themselves. I used to say this about Marty Schottenheimer's players. I always felt like his players wanted to win the game for him you can see this with great coaches, great leaders, great whatever. I could feel that last night, that, you know, Sky Moore stepping up, Isaiah Pacheco. I could feel in those young guys, I got to do this for Patrick. He, play, he plays at such a level, and there's such an expectation here. I have to do this to not let him down. And I think that is an unbelievable motivator for young players when they identify somebody and say, I can't let this guy down. I got to do it for him. And I think there are players on that Chiefs offense that absolutely play that way with Mahomes. Yeah, there's no doubt. These guys uh, are good pieces, uh, but they're just pieces, Kevin. Right. He makes them take another level. I mean, Kelsey's awesome. Kelsey is awesome. 
and so is Mahomes. But the rest of these guys, we watch the NFL games all the time, and these, these players are interchangeable. I mean, many of the Chiefs, uh, my buddies, i got to say this, Kevin, in case they're listening on this podcast, I always talk to my buddies who my best friends still are the offensive linemen, love those guys. But I like you say, hey, you put five NFL linemen together, and it's about the same across the board. I mean, you got you got to put five of them together, and it just kind of averages out. It's, it's about the quarterback getting rid of the football, the coach making the right play call, right? It, it's our bashing over the offensive linemen. Sorry, buddies. You know, I'm not trying to be mean to you. I like you a lot. But these guys are interchangeable, Kevin. And, and not only the offensive linemen go further down the lineup. Do you care the second and third tight end of the Chiefs or the wide receivers? They could be on any NFL team. And you could trade them around however you wanted to and give them a few months with Andy Reid and, and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, and they would light it up. That's how great these guys are, Kevin. I mean, Patrick Mahomes just takes his team on his back and says, we're the best team in the NFL. And until he makes those plays, Kevin, they're not the best team in the NFL. When you watch all the plays, when you all watch all 150 plays of the game, the Chiefs aren't dominant in every play in every area. But the defense can play with an aggressiveness. They can get on their toes. They can say, hey, if we make a mistake, who cares? We're going to make up with it. We're going to win this game. The mentality allows everyone to relax, play to their highest ability, and it's really about Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Other than that, hey, we can talk about whatever chief you want to. But Pacheco, he can be playing for anybody, Kevin. Is he a dominant player? He's the first guy to get 100 yards rushing in what – two years almost for right. the Chiefs, almost two full seasons um, or a season and a half, whatever you want to say. My point is, is that, yeah, everybody's playing hard for Patrick, uh, but they also have a confidence level. Like if I do my job, it's going to be good enough. I can make an NFL play at the highest level if I do it with these Kansas City Chiefs. And that's one of the cool things. Spagnola, Andy Reid, this coaching staff really understands that these players have a belief that they're as good as anybody in the league. And we don't want to tell them otherwise. I hope they don't listen to this podcast, Kevin, uh, because those guys could be traded out and brought new guys they brought have. in. And it would be it's, no problem at all. Exactly but they believe they're good. Yeah. They, those rookie defensive backs, Kevin, they think they're good. Yeah. And they're fine. They're fine. But they're not dominant. No. They're just, they're just good guys. You know, I love what they've done in the secondary. And I love – the, the better tackling. I'm not bashing these guys. They are legitimate NFL players, but they think they're legitimate NFL Super Bowl winning level players. And that's because Patrick Mahomes doesn't play perfect every down, but whenever the heat is on, he rises his game up. It's yeah. incredible. Well, there's one other player I want to touch on here uh, before we move on to some of the other games and the rest of the NFL that we really haven't talked about this year much. And I think is, I know he's underrated, but he's a terrific player. And I thought I saw the Chargers trying to take him out of the, I've seen teams try to take Chris Jones out of the equation or at times Frank Clark or something like that. Uh, but Nick Bolton last night, I thought they, they really were trying to make sure that he didn't beat them. He got the interception to seal the game at the end, but he also forced a fumble in this game. The guy is everywhere. When the Chargers did get a big play, a lot of times it's because they neutralized Bolton somehow. How important is he to that defense? And what kind of level is this guy playing right now? Because I, I just think the kid's terrific. Absolutely, Kevin. Uh, the Chiefs were Super Bowl level and even won a Super Bowl without, I believe, being predictably strong against the run. And that has changed because Nick Bolden cleans up those plays where it could be a 15-yard run. He goes and tackles someone for five yards. If there's a screen pass that really gets a, a, the team in a bind where the safeties are in trouble, 
the the defensive linemen are too close to the quarterback. Nick Bolton's the guy that goes over and makes tackles, sometimes for losses, but sometimes for five or less that could have been 30-yard back-breaking plays. He's been doing that all the time. Last night with some of the shots they had, Kevin, I'm going to you know touch on those who are historians or people who have uh, are old enough to really understand what I'm saying. When Nick Bolton lined up, and ran down the line, kind of square shoulders the whole way, and met the running back before the lineman could get to him, met him, and had a square tackle near the line of scrimmage. What looked like a good Chargers run turned into a zero-yard gain, and I just said, that reminds me so much of Willie Lanier Mm. when he was the middle linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs when they, in the late 60s, were the best team in football. They had a lot of good players, but Willie Lanier just was the constant, Kevin, of solidly saying we're never going to give up big running plays and my shoulders are square. I have a great instinct. I'm going to move down the line. I'll take on blockers, but I am going to hit people and I'm going to clean up everything here. Yeah, safeties, you need to do a great job. Edge rushers, you need to make your plays, but nothing is going to be simple in the middle of the field. That's what I think about the great Willie Lanier and the helmet piece, right? That extra helmet piece. You remember that, Kevin? Yes, I do. Didn't he remind you of Willie Lanier? I mean, it's hard to say because modern football is so different, but he looked like him. He's playing like him. Just even the interception, that's what Willie Lanier did. Yeah. Go go over Lay. If we had all the video opportunities and time, Kevin, I bet I could find a play where Willie Lanier got a tip ball that looked a lot like the final interception. I'm telling you. Yeah. He is doing a great job. You, you hit it well. We haven't talked about him enough. Bolton has just been rock solid, and the Chiefs still aren't a dominant team against the run. But Steve Spagnola is willing to blitz, but he doesn't blitz as much as he has in the past. And one of the reasons is because Nick Bolton is able to stop the run physically and smartly with instinct uh, capabilities. It allows that secondary, those, those youngsters, to play a little simpler back there. It's just a very good combination. He deserves a ton of credit. And because we don't talk about it enough, Chris Jones deserves a lot of credit. I've been very high on him the whole time, Kevin, as a disrupting force. Defensive tackles don't normally dominate games. I did not like it all. If you want to go back to last year, trying to make a defensive tackle a defensive end, I don't believe that's what you need to do. I think it's great that they've kept him at defensive tackle. That said, you know where some of his most effective plays come? Chris Jones on third down has moved out to defensive end. And done, and Karlofkas moves into tackle. They switch. It's worked very well because both linemen are having trouble with a different matchup. The inside guys are having trouble with Karlofkas and his style. And Chris Jones is dominating the tackles, not down after down, but just on third down. It's enough of a changeup. So have Chris Jones play at a high level and Nick Bolton be the new version of Willie Lanier. Cool. I didn't ever think that until last night when I saw one of those replays from end zone angle. I go, oh my gosh. That is Willie Lanier. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it, but you're, I, I think you've nailed it. I'm so glad I asked you that because that's an unbelievable comparison and compliment. And we got a lot of years of Nick Bolton on this Chiefs defense. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a thrill to watch him play. He's really, really good. Here's a hypothetical. Uh, the Chiefs win. They win on the road. Mahomes has never lost a division game on the road. That's ridiculous. It's the fifth straight win, the fifth straight game they've won while trailing in the fourth quarter. That's insane. I mean, you just can't make some of this stuff up. If the Chiefs had played the Cowboys yesterday, who would have won? Well, um, the Chiefs <laughs> would have won. Really? Because we're, we're transitioning to the Cowboys, well, and there's something well, you need to track with the Cowboys. Well, that wait, don't, you hey, can't look at it the way – Kevin, hey, you're, you're doing it too um, mechanically. 
The Chiefs, I mean, the Cowboys match up great with Minnesota and awful with Green Bay. So which game do you want to talk about? Do we want to split the hairs or what happened in the Green Bay game? Here's what I want to say. That was the best played game I've seen by any team this year. Yeah, it was, it was excellent. Um, and I, we've talked about the Cowboys a little bit. I love the Cowboys, as you know, and you've taken an interest in the kind of the exciting level of play that they have. So we got our little Cowboy discussion with our big uh, Kansas City Chiefs discussions. Uh, the, the Cowboys have the potential, like I told you, to be as good as anybody in the NFL. Their defense is legitimate. Dan Quinn is an unbelievable coordinator. Micah Parsons is the most dominant defensive player in the league. Uh, Torrance Armstrong, for KU fans listening, has turned into a big-time pro, big-time Kevin. He had two sacks yesterday. He is doing an unbelievable job complimenting Parsons for the Cowboys. But Dak Prescott, after he got injured last year, uh, he's such a good kid. But I think he has been battling injuries, that hand injury. He is, I don't know how it's affecting him, but mentally he is not locked in and confident right now. And I've, I've been telling you, he's holding the Cowboys back a little bit. I like him as a quarterback. But he's not playing with confidence and throwing the football as well as he did mid-year last year. Last year, he was lighting it up. He had great receivers. He liked the quarterback, uh, the coach, and an offensive coordinator, and he was dealing one of the best-throwing quarterbacks in the NFL. He was not doing it this year. The thing that you noticed yesterday, Kevin, if you watched that game, was that he was efficient. He, had, had, he completed 18 of his first 20 throws. So he was throwing with confidence. And the nice throws that he had downfield were some of the best he's had. He didn't play a perfect game. He didn't play a great game, an all-pro game. But he looked a little bit more like Dak Prescott. And if he comes back to his normal self with the rest of the team around them, then the Cowboys are really good in, in certain situations. But unfortunately, if the game's called a playoff, they know how to fold. If the game's at Green Bay, <laughs> they know how to lose. I mean, there's just certain little pockets where – they don't play like themselves. Uh, last week, dumping a 14-point fourth-quarter lead, first time in Dallas Cowboy history, is like that just happens against Aaron Rodgers. And against Minnesota, they beat them every time, Kevin. But yesterday was a show. that uh, People will be talking well about the Cowboys, but this is the Prove It Thursday. I know you love you some Thanksgiving Day, Kevin. Yeah. This is a football feast. Yeah. Think about a third game added this day, a yeah. third day. Game Okay, so that's New England and Minnesota. Two teams hard to figure out, but really intriguing to watch. Dallas against the Giants. Dallas against the Giants. These two teams are tied for second place. They lose this game. They fall to third place in their division. If they win their game, they can think about maybe we can catch Philadelphia. It is a giant game on Thursday, so that's our prove-it game. Green Bay-Dallas stunk. Minnesota, Dallas played great. Let's watch them play against the Giants. And how about yeah. Detroit-Buffalo to kick off the day with Detroit having won their last three games, Kevin? I cannot wait for Thursday wow. football. And I will eat my hat if the Giants beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. It's not going to happen. So there you go. I'll just. It go. should not happen. Should the Cowboys happen. are better than the Giants. Oh they are God. better. If they blow this one, Kevin, just remember, if we're talking next week, if you have me back on, I want you to remember how high we were on the Cowboys this Monday. After how low we were last week, this Thursday's to prove it. If they lose to the Giants, yeah. that's unacceptable. Uh, Giants might not score a touchdown in that game. Uh, that's I'm I'm sticking with that. All right, let's uh let's <laughs> let's move on to college. We've got the Sunflower Showdown on Saturday night, which has been less than a rivalry over the years as Kansas State has dominated this thing. 
Everything's on the line here for K-State. They win. They're in the Big 12 title game against TCU. Kansas defense is completely reeling after losing 55-14 to Texas and giving up 539 total yards. Looks like the Wildcats got the right quarterback playing. Life is good in Manhattan. Uh, how do you assess how K-State and KU played over the weekend, and what does it mean for this week's game as they play head-to-head? Well, first of all, K-State did uh, the things they needed to do, and they played just a solid game. More emphasis on offense. The defense uh, had a few issues. Kobe Savage uh, got hurt in the game before at Baylor, and he wasn't there. Sincere Mason gets his first start at safety, but he plays a lot, Kevin. K-State rotates a lot of guys through, so you, you think you got depth. But Sincere Mason, second play of his first start, picks off a pass, houses it with a pick six for K-State, but he gets injured as well. I don't know how available he'll be in this game. So K-State had some issues. West Virginia was able to throw the ball a little bit better than you would think. So is it uh, an issue with K-State safeties being a little less than what they were a couple weeks ago? That's one of the question marks. But other than that, K-State really played with great composure, high-level offense, obviously. Um, Malik Knowles loves getting the ball from Will Howard. How about that? He looked like an NFL receiver. Six catches and six targets to start the game off. Just a last-second, you know, throwaway type of deal at the end of the game. Otherwise, he would have been 100%. And these were highly guarded, big-time third-down plays. He had run after catch. Malik Knowles played great. One of the questions for K-State is what about the field goal kicking? They moved to a different kicker. Ty Zentner is now punting, kicking off, and kicking field goals, Kevin. That is a tough load. Different types of leg movements. That's not easy to do. The longest field goal he'd made in his three games as a new K-State kicker was 31 yards. So what was K-State going to be? Well, he hit a big-time, cold-weather, 46-yard field goal right before the half and then backed it up with a 53-yarder just the next series. So the kicking game picked up. Uh, Mott got three sacks for K-State. So there's different guys on defense that can get it done, and the Wildcats look very, very good. K-State won as many road games in conference play as any K-State team in history had, Kevin. The 1998 super team uh, that was ranked number one in the country, the 2012 Big 12 champions, each won four road games. The Cats did it four conference road games. So they've been very good home and away. They'll be excited about this game. The real question mark is KU. They've been the easiest team for me to track and to talk about all year long because Lance Leipold has had them locked in. They're at that point in their history where there's no expectations by the outside world, but they knew they're good. So they never blinked. When they get behind, they'd come back. Didn't matter if they came back and win like they did early in the year against West Virginia or Houston, or if they just came back and made it close like a road game against Baylor. They were rock solid, locked in, and very dangerous on the offensive end. Unbelievably good at the quarterback position. What we look at now, though, is are there new questions, and is there is that going to change for the first time this year? Texas romped them, okay? This is the first time where they said – uh, we are better than you, and get out of the way. And how will Kansas respond? Because that did not look like the Kansas team we saw earlier this year. And one of the big questions is going to be, to me, for the K-State-KU game, Kevin, is what version are we going to get of Jalen Daniels? He, at the beginning of the year, was in the Heisman Trophy conversation. He was playing at that high level. He shouldn't have been then playing he got Saturday. Hurt. It was obvious very early he wasn't ready to come back. Lance Leipold, he had his worst day as a coach at KU that I've seen, and I'm not being overly critical because I'm a big fan of Lance Leipold, but he had the wrong quarterback playing, and he didn't look ready, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if Daniels doesn't play at all against Kansas State. 
He did not belong on the field. If you take the legs away from that quarterback and he can't run, which he couldn't, and they weren't going to let him, they didn't call any running plays. He never scrambled. If Jalen Daniels is one-dimensional, he's not that good. They had the wrong quarterback in that game. And I, you know, I the thing with this game Saturday night, Stan, is how in the world is Kansas going to keep K-State under, under 42 points? I mean, how is that even possible? I mean, K-State's going to light up the scoreboard in this game. KU's going to have to score step for step with them, and I'm not sure they're going to have that. Right, and that you know, obviously K-State has the advantages of the better team, uh, being at home, all those kind of things. You're not going to detract away from K-State's opportunity to get the job done in this game, but you got to say what would be the danger factor. You know, what could Kansas do? And they can play in offensive shootouts if their quarterbacks are playing at a high level. Jalen Daniels early in the year answered that question. Jason Bean actually matched his stats unbelievably. Yards per attempt, rushing. So I don't know how beat up Jason Bean is. You know, is that why he didn't play? Uh, Two things can happen with Jalen Daniels. One is he can be rusty, or like you said, maybe even not 100%. But he can be rusty coming back and then bounce back in his second game. Uh, When I got hurt, Kevin, in my senior year, I was playing pretty good. Um, and we beat KU uh, my senior year, but I got Alvin Walton hit me and collapsed my lung and broke my rib. And so I had to sit out a couple of weeks. And when I came back that next game, I was just a shell of myself. I, I, even mentally, I was going, what is going on? Let's go. But I could not get my body to respond the way I wanted to in my mind, and I had no idea what was going on. Well, now watching play, players play since then, Kevin, I realize. I just ha- I was just rusty. I just was not – it's hard to come back from injury and have your full confidence and rhythm. But the next game, it was like I'd been back forever. Will Jalen Daniels invest in the Texas game enough to be ready for the K-State game, or will he even play and they go with Jason Bean? How healthy will he be? A big question will be Kansas's chances come into play only if their quarterback's healthy, whichever one it is, if he's healthy and they play great. That's Kansas's chance to shock K-State, stay, stay close, make them nervous, and like you said, win a shootout. This is not going to be a 20-17 to 17 win. They're going to have to beat K-State 43-42 to 42 or something like that and just hope K-State gets a little nervous or overlooks them or something like that. That's what they're going to need because K-State's a good team. K-State is a good team. I said it earlier this year, Kevin, I, hey, I got to respect TCU. They found a way to win again. Right, they found a way to win again. I like Max Duggan. They got explosiveness at their wide receivers. I'm not going to try to bash TCU, but when K State was playing its best football for a quarter and a half or so at one point mid year this year, I said on the air because my TCU announcing buddies texted me and said, "Oh, okay." I said K State's the best team in the Big Twelve. When K State plays to its high level, it's almost normal level, Kevin. They're the best team in the Big Twelve. They can match up right with TCU, and if that's the case then they're better than Kansas. So K-State controls this, but Kansas is dangerous because their offense really is good. And if these quarterbacks are healthy and playing at a high level, you know, Mm -hmm. what do you think of your K-State? It's 31 to to 24 late in the third quarter. I mean, are you thinking, hey, these guys shouldn't be around. We we were going to put them away. Does Kansas gain confidence because they're close? You know, those kind of psychological things are going to have to come into play as well. But – when you punch people in the mouth and they're used to looking at your uniforms and having bad things happen, that's also there. Yep. So if K-State punches Kansas in the mouth and said, here we go again, we've beaten you 13 straight times. And last year at your place, we controlled the game and beat the hell out of you. 
uh, with with Daniels and being a quarterback, you know that psychological edge is with K State. If the crowd and the team get after it, how how can you stand on the Kansas sideline and go, "Oh, we got this. We're just fine." No, this isn't West Virginia. This isn't Houston. If K State starts pounding on KU, it'll be hard psychologically for Kansas to stick with it. All right, the Missouri Tigers, Ole Mizzou, plays Arkansas on Friday national TV, and a six and six record is on the line here for the Tigers. They had a good. Bounce back against New Mexico State. Brady Cook, according to Eli Drinkwitz, has played his two best games of his career back-to-back here the last two weeks. Uh, one, obviously a loss, but then really nice performance against New Mexico State. Arkansas has been a roller coaster this year. I'm, I'm no expert on this matchup, but I know what's on the line for Missouri. This really is a season-maker kind of game for them. What do you think happens on Friday? The thing, last thing you said is the most obvious thing. If Missouri loses that game, you'll have lost to your kind of new created rival. You know, it's not like it's a giant rivalry, but still, you don't want to lose to Arkansas. You don't want to lose on the Friday after Thanksgiving. Kevin, with the new college football playoff and the things that may change, we may take away those games on Thanksgiving weekend. We may move the season up and have the first regular season game be what week zero is right now. They're talking about changing the schedule if we go to a 12-team playoff. We may not have these Friday after Thanksgiving games. We need to value them. So when you're on national TV like that and you have this to play for and show off your home field, it is a big game. But for Missouri's season, it's everything. If you win this game, you can look at the last half of the season and say, look how good Missouri played. Look how Brady Cook is coming on. The young players are getting integrated. you got a great recruiting class. you get to go practice some more and then go win that bowl game, and you can feel very good about this season. You had those, you know, places where you stubbed your toe early, but you, those are long forgotten, and you had a good season. But none of that is forgotten, I think, if you're a Missouri fan. If you're watching Kansas go to a bowl game, K-State fight for a Big 12 championship, and you don't even get to go to a bowl game or you end up 5-7 and seven and lose to Arkansas on this Friday. This is so big. The differential between winning and losing is miles apart. This is Eli Drinkwitz's big game. Okay, you win this game, and man, I think it really does so much for your program. But Arkansas has the capability of of embarrassing Missouri. Arkansas, with their quarterback back, got after it against Mississippi, and they dominated Mississippi. That is in play. I could see this game going Arkansas's way and winning by two touchdowns and everything going right. But what Missouri has to hope is Cook's efficient, that defensive front slows down the Arkansas, and they make it a muddy game. Not on a scoreboard. I'm not talking. It could could be 31 to 31, but just make sure it's a close, hard fought, even game. And that gives Missouri the best chance. I obviously believe in Arkansas more than I believe in Mizzou right now, Kevin. And like I said, if everything goes right for Arkansas, I can see them separating. I think they're better than Missouri. Uh, If they play 10 times, I think Arkansas wins three or four of them by double digits easily and then wins probably six or seven out of the ten. So Missouri's going to have to fight uphill, but it is a home game. If the crowd gets there, helps the Tigers along. Man, if you're a Missouri fan and you can do anything about it by going and yelling for the Tigers, be there and do it because a loss compared to a win. Just keep playing that out in your mind, Kevin. Five and seven and what happened this year to Mizzou and what's happening at Kansas versus winning this game, beating Arkansas, going to a bowl game, and all those things and a chance to win another one. And this is... This is as big a gap between winning and losing as I remember in a long, long time. Stan Weber, ladies and gentlemen, from the Cayman Islands. Uh, take your wife for a walk on the beach. Tell her I said hello and thank you. I know your phone wasn't working particularly well today. She texted me and 
We got hooked up on your uh, hotel phone. It sounds like you're at a nice hotel right there on the beach, buddy. Make the most of it. And uh, you got three K-State games you're going to be calling. They're playing later on Monday against, is it Rhode Island on Monday they're playing? Yes, you can listen to us tonight, Kevin, on Monday. If you're listening to this podcast, we will come on the air at probably 5, 6.30 Central Time, I think. I think it's 7.30 game time Central Time. We're on Eastern Time here. But yeah, three games in a row, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, listen to the K-State broadcast. It'll be my first time to do a game this year, this season, with Wyatt Thompson on radio with basketball, Kevin. I've been doing the TV version so far, third-tier K-State TV with Ben Boyle. So tonight will be my first time to sit next to Wyatt Thompson, our 21st year together, mm. doing this game. And so he and I have done a ton of games. I've done That's K-State awesome. football for 36 years. Mm. Hopefully K-State wins, Kevin, over the Kansas Jayhawks and puts themselves into the Big 12 championship game. If that happens, that will be my 440th straight K-State game. I want to get 440, not in a bowl. I want to get 440 in Dallas, Dallas. in AT&T. Maybe I can shake a few hands of the Cowboys and says, Kevin Keisman believes in you. Let's go. (laughs) They do, and I'll be at that game. If K-State wins Saturday night, I'll see you in Dallas for sure. I uh, wouldn't miss okay, it. Okay, so. Kevin. Happy Thanksgiving to all the people out there. And you'll like this, Kevin. There are so many people who have stopped me while I was in West Virginia or d- during the K-State game last Thursday night. It seems like years ago, but last Thursday night was the last K-State game I did basketball. And a number of people came up to me. It was really amazing and said, hey, I love listening to you with Kevin Keisman on the podcast. <laughs> and I go, I will make sure I tell Kevin that. So happy Thanksgiving for all those people that are enjoying the podcast and thanks for letting me doing it. Kevin, you and Jessica have a fun yeah. time. I know you're having a big party at the new house. Yeah. I wish I could come by and say hi, but I won't be able to, um, have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. What a great week this is. Thank you, buddy. You too. Appreciate you and, uh, enjoy those walks on the beach this week. Okay, Kevin. Take care. Oh my, there's Stan Weber joining us from the Cayman Islands and he's got the basketball tournament down there that he's calling for the K-State Network. He's got his wife with him. That's, Life is good. Kids are raised, all doing well, out of the house. You got this cool second job where you go to the Cayman Islands for five days. Bring your wife along. Life's good. It's so nice to stand to join us and talk a little football, and we know you love it. The Football Feast is brought to you by, uh, well, me and Stan's friend, Ron Buck, over at Buck Roofing. Online at rbuckroofing.com. If you call 913-384-2680, they'll come check out your roof absolutely free of charge. Free inspection, and you can sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head. Dr. Bill Bush is your new dentist at North Kansas City Dental. Why wouldn't you make this appointment? Schedule it for January, start of the new year, get your teeth clean, get the regular checkup, switch dentists to the team dentist for the Chiefs. If he's good enough to be Patrick Mahomes' dentist, he's good enough to be your dentist, that's for sure. Dr. Bill Bush, nkcdental.com, offices in North Kansas City and Westwood, 816 471 2911 online at nkcdental.com. And my buddy Tim Cross over at Cross Kitchens, he is your remodeler. Many of you have made the call and said, we're going to have Tim out to the house, take a look around. Here's what we're thinking about doing. What do you think? He draws it up. They've got a design team. They give you a 3D rendering of it, and then you make a decision. No pressure. And what's great about Cross Kitchens is sometimes smaller is better. That means he knows and is on every single job that they do at Cross Kitchens. And who doesn't want to do business with the owner? 
That's the way to go when you're remodeling your home. Online at crosskitchenskc.com. There is your football feast. We're going to do more of it this week because we've got plenty more football coming up. It's a holiday week, but no holiday here at KKHI. We're going to keep cranking out the podcast because you keep hitting play. Thank you so much for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. Ah!